Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about movies. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are talking about the return of the king. Ryan's back, everybody. Uh, the king has returned. <laughs> uh, and in what a shirt, Ryan, my goodness. Oh, no, the, Kristen made a mistake when she approved of a shirt that had flamingos on it, because now this is all I want. <laughs> I, I just assumed you saw the trailer for Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and just like, until it comes out. Like, I'm just, <laughs> this is all I'm wearing. <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't get, wait to see that. Did you guys see the trailer that they just dropped for that? Yes, 100% I did. It looks okay. so good. I think I figured out what our watch party for November is going to be. <laughs> Hold on. Who owns a Roku that we can watch this on? Because I don't and haven't owned a Roku <laughs> since 2002. As far as I know, from the Roku control app, you can stream it from your phone. Oh, okay. I will, Got it. I will do experiments and let you know. But okay. worst case scenario, I go out and buy a $20 Roku. <laughs> I'm um, hoping it comes out on something civilized over here, but I'm not sure. Something civilized. We'll see. The British aren't uh, civilized. Uh, no. <laughs> so today we are talking about the final entry into the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, The Return of the King, uh, which this is the third part in a series. If you haven't watched the first two parts, stick around. You're not going to miss much. Uh, <laughs> go, go check them out later. We've got a lot of other yeah. things to talk about. Uh, like Ryan, how was your trip? Uh, you uh, went to Disney, right? Yes. And I, I still want to be down there. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went down. This is like the second time in five years that my wife and I went down and we met up with um, her friend, her husband and her daughter, which is also our goddaughter, mm-hmm. um, no. and another friend of hers that kind of works in the area of Orlando, that they all knew each other from high school. So we went down again. This is like the second time, like I said, in like five years. Mm-hmm. And we stayed at the uh, Port Orleans Resort uh, down there. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's one of the Disney resorts that is themed like New Orleans downtown. So it's got like the second story balconies that wrap around the buildings. Uh, everything about the resort is themed like New Orleans. Um, but I, in the past four years, they've added on some additions to some of the parks <laughs> that I was looking forward to very heavily. And it was, everything was great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, I, I think we're going to talk more about your Disney stuff next week. We'll have um, to. Yeah. But I have, I have a Disney adjacent story as well. Uh, I met the voice of Max Goof this weekend. <gasps> no, you didn't. I did. I met Jason Alan. Mar- you didn't tell me. I met Jason Marsden. Uh, I was at Creature Feature Weekend with Victims and Villains doing some press stuff, and they had a Hocus Pocus reunion there. So it was Jason Marsden, who's Banks the Cat, Vanessa Shaw, who 
whose character's name is escaping me. And then Omri Katz, who plays the main kid, Max, mm-hmm. in Hocus Pocus. They were all there. So I got to go to their panel. Uh, afterwards, I got to, like, outside the theater, they were all kind of, like, mingling in the in the lobby a bit. So Aww. Josh and I went up to Omri Katz, introduced ourselves. He's wearing an eerie Indiana shirt. Brian, I figured you'd appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, Omri Katz, really nice guy. We introduced ourselves. He says he's open to an interview after they get back from lunch, back in the audit, their signing area. Jason Marsden comes up as we're talking to him. I hand him our card. He takes He's like, I don't care, and just walks away. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> like, he doubles back. Yeah, yeah. Got to interview <laughs> both of them. We did not get to interview Vanessa Shaw. But what was cool was Creature Feature uh, was screening uh, Hocus Pocus outside for everyone just because – Disney wouldn't give them the rights to show it in the theater, so they had to show it outside. Weird. Um, but I was in a screening with Josh, and I checked my Facebook on my phone in between movies, and Creature Feature announced that evidently the Hocus Pocus uh, event was now a live commentary. So they did a live commentary on Hocus Pocus. Which <laughs> What was, did you learn? Um, I learned that Vanessa Shaw got a scar from the scene where the where the oven opens and she gets the idea to, to burn the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. Uh, I learned that Bette Midler hit um, Thor Birch with a broomstick like as she was flying by. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of small stuff. But uh, I think uh, if you like Hocus Pocus, tune in next week because we have some exciting Disney stuff to talk about and possibly a giveaway. Um but I promised that I would tie this into Lord of the Rings before today's show. Um, so while I was at Creature Feature Weekend, they had a bunch of vendors and I had a little bit of time to shop. And there was a guy selling VHS tapes. And I found one that I almost bought because of Devin's recommendation for the show this week. Because you gave me additional homework. Oh, Yeah. I found the animated Lord of the Rings on VHS tape. No, you did not. I did. I did not buy it, but I found it. Oh, that's uh, so cool, though. He, uh, with the two tapes I he I wanted, he wanted like 45 bucks. Like, maybe. And it's, then I, nope, I decided not, not to go for it. Uh, I did buy Mallrats on VHS, so that'll... Ooh, good choice. That might be appearing in my background here in a few weeks, but... Wonder yeah, why. it was a fun weekend. Uh, stay tuned to Victims and Villains this week to hear some of our awesome interviews and check out the videos that I made that I edited all 13 of yesterday and am still burned out from. So, My goodness. Um, I think yeah. my big question is, did Jason Marsden do the perfect cast? What do you mean? Huh? The, the, the perfect cast from the Goofy movie? Dude, it's been so long since I've seen a Goofy movie. <gasps> oh, we're going to have to do a rewatch at some point because it is a gem. Wait, I had an idea. We'll talk at the end of the what? show. Okay, good. Good, good, uh, good. Just, uh, yeah. Remind me. I have an idea at the I, end of the I show. I will. Uh, okay. Interested. Um, yeah. Let's get into today's main topic. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. The third entry into the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The third and final book in the series, kind of. Kind of, uh, yes, but kind of no, but kind of. First uh, fictional book, like not like reference book. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Devin, this is your horse and pony show. You take it away. 
We're doing it. We're doing it. All right. So, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. This is the third and final in the Lord of the Rings franchise. I quick background on this for me. It's going to be a lot like the other ones, man. I saw this in theaters. I probably saw a midnight release. I have been obsessed with this movie, specifically the extended version, because I am angry at the theatrical version for a lot of reasons, uh, in which we'll definitely cover on this podcast. Love this movie. Have been obsessed with this one. It's my favorite one of all of them. One of my favorite, essentially, movie moments in a theater growing up was this movie. I will do nothing but gush if either of you hate this. Fight me. Now, with that praise out of the way, Ryan, what did you think of this movie? Well, before we get into that, Ryan has yeah. been absent the last two weeks. He Ryan, has. what do you think of Lord of the Rings in general? Because we haven't really Ooh, good heard, question. Your, yeah, heard your so, opinion on any of this. So I saw them when they released in theaters. I mm-hmm. have them on DVD. I think I have them on Blu-ray. But it's mm-hmm. the normal theatrical release that had all the extras on like the second disc to where like it had all the deleted scenes. So I've seen most of this stuff already. Mm-hmm. I am not as big of a Lord of the Rings fan as I am to the other franchises that that, that I'm a fan of. Okay. Um, So, to be honest, watching the extended cut of Return of the King yesterday was the first time that I actively sat down and watched a Lord of the Ring movie just on my own in, like, seven years. And, okay, so what was the... So you haven't watched... Fellowship of the Ring or Two Towers in preparation for this one. What was it like jumping in just to the third one for you? Well, I need to say one more thing. These are movies that like mm-hmm. I saw once and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I get it. Oh, okay. And it was just one of those things like I bought them on Blu-ray when they came out on Blu-ray mm-hmm. because that's what everyone else I knew did because everyone else <laughs> I knew was a fan and I didn't want to be the one person who didn't have it. Like, that's where I was at that All the point. cool kids were doing it, sure. For, you know, so, I mean, I know enough of the storyline. I, I, I remember enough of the storyline that when Return of the King started, I was not confused at all. Oh, good. Like, okay. You know, like, because I, I, I know it. I saw it enough when I was younger. Um, mm. I did not need to see the extended cut of this. Oh, but you did. I'm going to convince you by the end of this that you did. I'm sorry, but okay, no. fine. I, yeah. I, I, you're going to try, but I don't think it's going to happen. I absolutely 100% will. Don't you, <laughs> don't you worry, baby girl. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, did you at least have an enjoyable time? Or were you just like, it was too long? There were moments when I couldn't, like, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but there were times when I legitly was like, I'll just say it. There are maybe five total minutes of shots in the extended version that Mm -hmm. I know I hadn't seen before. Other than that, there were moments where I'm like, am I watching something I've never seen before? I don't know. I can't tell. So... I'm going to attribute that to how crucial the extended edition scenes are to the plot. Actually, because it go didn't, ahead. It, 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 I was, I'm sorry. I'm doing all this now. Alan no, has no, no, no. It's totally fine. Yet. It's totally um, fine. I mean, I brought this on myself. So, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> my thing is that anything that the extended cuts did, I already had assumed by the mm-hmm. theatrical release. Okay. Like I'm going like one of one of one of one of the major parts of the film 
of mm -hmm. Return of the King is when I forget his name. The one who's in love with Steven Tyler's daughter. Aragon? Aragon. Aragon. When he goes to the cave with the troll and the elf to get mm -hmm. the souls of the dead, the dead army, the, yeah. the green guys to like fight for them. Yeah. The, the, the theatrical release told me everything I needed to know. They went into mm -hmm. the cave. They saw this scary half dead king and he's uh and they said we only will do the stuff for the king of gondor and he's like well mm -hmm. i am and then they faded to black and then mm -hmm. nothing else happened until the ships rolled up and i'm like oh cool that was a cool surprise they all came off the ships mm -hmm. like that's 100 percent. i'm sure that would what i just explained was in the was in the theatrical release you're right that's exactly how that sequence played out in the theatrical release okay i'm fine with that i did not need to see them go out of the cave or have the extended conversation or show them, you know, defeat the pirates on the ship. I didn't need any of that. Okay. I mean, that for that scene, I'll totally give you that. It's fair. That is a hundred percent fair. Uh, there are other scenes that I think are more crucial to it. Uh, a pretty big one that in the theatrical cut, a character's entire arc doesn't end in the, in, in the theatrical cut they just kind of go, meh, and move on from him, even though they were a big part in the first two movies. And for that reason, and almost alone that reason, I think the extended version is worth it. I'm curious to know what character you're talking about. So, Same. do Same you... Here. Okay, so before like we get into what you thought of it... First. I would love for you <laughs> yeah. to give your thoughts <laughs> yeah, first. We'll talk about this in a moment. Alan, yeah. this is the first time. So you I'm very curious about because you had kind of seen bits and pieces of the previous two movies. Yes. You thought, or you told me last week, you thought Helm's Deep was the final battle of yes. all of the movies and that you had no idea what happens in this one. Did you did you watch it and go, oh, right, I remember that thing? The, was this all completely fresh? So I lied to you last week. The only thing oh. I remembered from this movie, because I think mm -hmm. it's the only part I watched, because I was like, meh, okay, is yeah. the opening scene with Smeagol and okay, got fishing. It. I remembered that. Um, but beyond that, I, I had no idea there was a ghost army in this <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yay! Um, which... I'll get into later about we'll why that made something click for me that I always wondered about. Okay. Um, I, I I know from the memes how it ed, like how it was going to end and like the memes mm -hmm. from it, like the one that we posted about the never thought I'd be fighting beside an elf. Yeah. Um, no, I uh, I hadn't seen beyond that opening scene. I don't think I've seen any of this movie. And. Um, what did you think? Tell me. I cried at the end. <laughs> oh my god, me too. I got, okay. I got teary -eyed. Thank God. Oh, hold on. I, what I, we have to do this? What part? Yes. Um, I didn't know that Frodo left at the end. I had no idea any of that happened. Oh um, man. So the music there and like the ending with Sam, I was like, get, and then. And then the Annie Lennox song during the credits, <laughs> which, which I did won? not expect. Which won an award, by the way. Oh, we'll be talking about that. Okay, um, good. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I liked this more than Two Towers. Um, 
I, I did split it up, split up the viewing this time. So I think that helps. I think that's my key to Lord of the Rings is I'm not going to watch the extended cuts beginning to end. Like it's going to be part one, part two, part. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I ever go to rewatch these again, it'll be and like want to actually pay attention to them, like not have them on in the background. It'll be like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I watched this one straight through because it's how I watched all of them. It was fine, but it was definitely a longer sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but just so much happens in this movie that I just love, love, love. Well, so, Ryan, I mean, did you did you watch this lot, in one sitting? I mean, a lot does happen in yeah. four and a half hours, Devin. I mean, I, seriously. I beg to differ. I feel like a lot didn't happen in the four hours the Snyder Cut had. If don't, Snyder would we cool give, off we on can't, the Don't say that bit, on the internet. Yeah. Don't say Snyder on the internet. Like... Do you want oh, us to that, get canceled from HBO? Is that Max? bad? Is that HBO bad? Max I didn't is know canceling that. canceling everything. I don't know if they can cancel. That's fair. So they can, this could be us. That's fair. We're done. We're done. Just pretend I didn't say that. We'll wipe it from the from the record. Be gone. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Discovery Plus is not my enemy. <laughs> it's not your friend though either. Uh, yeah. True. Um, so Devin, what, yes. what was that again? I'm sorry. I was I was so focused on making the joke. I missed the question. <laughs> Oh, there wasn't even a question. I was just talking about how I, I had, did you, oh, Ryan, did you watch it essentially in one setting or did you break it, break it up? I, I was planning on breaking it up, but then mm-hmm. I got like two to two and a half hours in and I paused it to go to the, uh, to, to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch the rest of this. I, I can't. I was like, I can't. You just soldiered through it. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Okay, so to circle back to the conversation that we had brought up before, it actually happens kind of right at the front of of the movie. The big reason that I think the extended version is so incredibly crucial is they don't wrap up Saruman's plot in the theatrical version at all. Saruman isn't in the movie even a little bit. They show up at Isengard and they go, eh, he's in the tower. And then they go away and he's never brought up again. Okay. So, knowing I've at least started this movie from seeing the opening scene, I knew that I had never seen Christopher Lee's death in this. And I didn't know that's how it happened. Um, (laughs) Because so if I did ever watch this or start watching it or it was on Mm -hmm. in the background at a party, I never saw that. So, like, that took me by surprise. How, like... I guess they cut that for time. I think according to Peter Jackson, they cut it for pace essentially okay. where like they needed to keep the movie going. Cause the two towers admittedly is a bit of a slow burn of a movie. And this one has a lot of battles to get through. Okay. Essentially if they just go Sauron's dead and say that sentence and don't show anything, then you can assume that it happened off camera and, and but it really like that whole like cut of of the movie spoiled their relation Peter Jackson and uh, the guy that played Sauron Saruman Christopher Lee Christopher Lee like really soured their relationship because like so, it was such a crucial part of it. So with that see that whole sequence is gone. Yeah. So literally they meet Mary and Pippin on the the kind of shelf or kind of on the wall yeah. and they go yeah we we beat Isengard. Saruman's dead. We're good. Thanks. Bye, guys. And then they, like, leave. So does that mean that the giant marble thing that everyone touches and is, like, obsessed with Mm -hmm. isn't in the theatrical cut? 
it's still there. I think it it's is. like I think it's just like we took it from Isengard. It's like no, it's waved away in a sentence, isn't it? N- no, it's not. So when Pippin looks in the water and mm-hmm. sees and, and sees it and goes after it, mm-hmm. that's still in the theatrical cut. Okay. But like how it got there isn't explained at all. Well, okay. because there's so much chaos during the two towers battle yeah. that, you know, with the trees and the orcs and the water and the steam and yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just assumed that like, that's where it ends up. I, I mean, I love that uh, Mary and Pippin just become the Jay and silent Bob of middle earth in this movie. Like mm-hmm. they take out Isengard and like, okay, now we're just going to go sit on the wall and smoke. <laughs> really? though. <laughs> Like, like you're talking about two characters that were probably like, I don't want to say they were the laziest hobbits in the uh, in the Shire, but I feel like they were like the average hobbit. Like mm-hmm. they were like the average temperament, the average you know like amount of patience and curiousness of a hobbit. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's how I kind of saw those two characters and. Pippin is probably the one character that I hate the most inside the entire trilogy because he mm-hmm. annoys every single thing he does annoys me. All of it, even in this he movie, he causes so much chaos within the series. Think <laughs> about me. it. Just think about this movie alone. The okay. things that he does that caught like, like because of his curiosity, he grabs the the, the marble ball thing mm-hmm. that he's told not to when he does anyway, and mm-hmm. then Sauron sees him. And then, you know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that he does that puts other stuff into motion that just made things harder for everyone throughout the entire thing. But at the same time, if it wasn't for him, uh, Boromir's brother would have been burned on a pile. That's fair. So I think everything that hap- he does ends up working out for the best. Uh, with how crazy <laughs> the... With how crazy the father is, there's a possibility the son might end up just as nuts. So that might have been a good yeah. thing. Who knows? I, I, I mean, Alan, what no, you're right. Alan, Alan, you're right. In, you're right. You're right. In the no, in the fantasy genre, just because a parent's crazy doesn't mean that their child's going to be crazy. Look at Game of. Oh, never mind. Oh uh, wait, no, sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh. Um, I just have to so, put this out there for a disclaimer. I'm not the yeah, yeah. biggest fan of the fantasy genre. Just that's totally fair. Just, that's totally fair. Just as, so, just as a disclaimer. So, I'll, so I wanted to talk about that because fantasy is a harder genre for me to get into as well. Mostly because I feel like if you can do magic, how are you having a bad day? Uh, <laughs> in, in a lot of reasons. So what this movie ends up doing or what these movies end up doing that I do like for the fantasy genre is they end up having very character-focused plots where, yes, kind of these big grandiose things are happening, but you see these see them through this kind of small lens of these very likable and very relatable characters. And that's one of the things that Lord of the Rings makes me do most is just go, I love all of these characters on screen. I want all of them to have happy lives in the end. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think I like the, the series of movies so much, despite the fact that halfway through one of them's like, and water horses come. And here's, you know, these like big fantasy, like here's an army of dead people. The, the one thing that like, I agree with you, I like that they focus on the characters a lot in these films. And I think the extended editions help with that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I found myself doing throughout all three of these, and especially in this last one, was it would get to a point where I'm watching all of these scenes and all this battle stuff. I'm like, 
I haven't seen Frodo in a while. Wonder what he's up mm-hmm. to. Like, it, <laughs> like it, it becomes distracting at a certain point where it's like, okay, wait, what about this other guy? Like, we're gonna go see that story anytime soon. Like, what's going on? Like, not that I don't like what I'm seeing, but I'm mm-hmm. curious about this other stuff because you haven't given me that in a while. Well, I think it's interesting for the pacing of it too. Where if Peter Jackson or I, I mean Tolkien had opted to just say, okay, look, the story is getting the ring to Mount Doom. We're gonna follow Frodo and Sam as they find and leave people on their way to Mount Doom. This could have been one book, really, because their journey isn't that long and isn't Mm -hmm. that involved. And where it becomes more involved is essentially these little disparate pieces that are built up to that battle at, um, at Mordor. And that's essentially the payoff for what everything has been building to at this point is all of these people you've been meeting, all of these factions, all of this infighting, all of these humans, all of these elves, all of these dwarves, they're here essentially to build you up to everyone's going to be a big distraction so Frodo and Sam can walk in. Was that effective for the two of you? Did that feel like that then paid itself off well because that battle is that battle? Or was it, okay, there's a lot of other stuff and the thing was getting the ring to Mordor? I, again, I did. I thought the big battle at Gondor was the mm-hmm. big battle of the movie, but no, there's another one <laughs> 20 minutes down the line. Um, or th- in this film's case, an hour down the line. Cause it's like five hours long. Right. Um, I, I mean, it worked out eventually, like, but I was a little worried, like, okay, so is the rest of the movie just going to be Sam and Frodo walking into Mordor? Like, I didn't know about the final <laughs> battle. Like I, yeah. I didn't know how many battles were in this. I guess mm-hmm. I just don't know my battle, my war history of middle earth. So. <laughs> how dare you what about you ryan did that did that pay itself off well for you or is it just like meh? i just see it as i <laughs> i'm gonna sound like a total nerd and someone out of his depth i but i don't care um <laughs> it's just decent military strategy to me like you make a giant big distraction so you can get your people in to do what they need to do it makes okay. sense to okay. me yeah i didn't for me like it's here uh, to bring up another movie, Devin, mm-hmm. that 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 uh, that you had us watch. I think it was Captive State, the one with the aliens in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And there was a big difference between Alan and I on that one. Mm-hmm. I was fine with them introducing a bunch of the characters mid midway through to pull off their like little like bombing thing that they mm-hmm. did. Alan didn't like it particularly because they didn't really like have these characters in prior and you didn't really get to know them mm-hmm. before it before it happening and that's 100 mm-hmm. percent a valid thing like it's mm-hmm. just two different views of the film um i feel like this movie does that it takes two and a half movies to build up all of the characters so when the giant thing happens the giant distraction happens you care about everyone involved in the distraction so 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 that Frodo and Sam can go through Mordor and toss the ring in. Um, it, to me, I kind of re- relate the, the two together to, to a point. Like, and I think, well, I, yeah. I, well, I think for me, that's the benefit of it. And that's why you have the three movies is so you not only care about the two that are actually doing it and other distractions happening over there, you care about the distraction as much as you care about the main quest. Because it, to me, it makes it feel like the battle has stakes. Everyone, you know, you watch this small circle of people get completely surrounded by all of these orcs, 
and your stomach drops. You have that moment where you're like, my favorite character might not make it out of this. You have Merry and Pippin as the first two that run straight into battle, and you go, they're not that good at fighting, but they have heart, oh no. And, <laughs> and you know, if you're not, you know, if you haven't read the books, you know, the stakes feel so much higher than just like, ah, look, they're distracting like they should be doing it. Bomb bad Jedi. Bombad Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much two Bombad Jedis. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If anyone doesn't know, just just Google it, and you're, no. you'll have a good five minutes. You'll have a good five minutes. I, good is a strong word. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. Devin, ask me the question. Okay, so question from Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, or is it Clerks? Is it Clerks? Clerks 2. It's Clerks 2. There's only one return... Is it of the king or of the Jedi? Gun to my head, if I had to pick one of those movies to watch, I'd probably go Return of the King. I am <laughs> I am not a big fan of Return of the Jedi. Like it has great parts in it. Okay. I could do without the Ewoks. Like everything on Endor up to a certain point. Up until that last battle. Yeah. No. Like the whole middle chunk of that film I could just not do. <laughs> like I just skip. Like it's Get getting Han out of Jabba's palace and then Death Star and that's that's it for me. That's the movie. Yeah, I kind of agree. To I be mean, honest, but both have their merits. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, this one's definitely longer, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. Ryan of the King or Jedi? This is Jedi. a big deal now. Jedi. Okay. Why? In in like, I have broad no problems terms. with Ewoks. Okay. I have no problem with them. I I don't have problems with the Ewoks themselves. Like but just like Return of the Jedi is fine. Mm-hmm. This film does a better job of wrapping up a whole like as a trilogy, uh actually I don't want to get into that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> if you were to ask me right now which film I wanted to watch, I'd probably go Return of the King. But that's just uh, like there might be yeah. another day where I want to watch Return of the Jedi. That's exciting. So, Okay, so Alan, I've been asking you this question, either you know act overtly or kind of you've mentioned it in your in your your talk mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, for two movies now, I'm going to ask it one more time. Alan, who is the hero of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? So before, just to fill Ryan in, before yeah. I was saying Aragon. Yeah. I'm going to change my answer. Do tell. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that was a swear word, but that was exactly what I was looking for, man. <laughs> That's it. You nailed it. He, he's the most one of the most. He's the most compelling Hobbit. Like, like Frodo has his whole thing with the ring, which is which is fun. Like the rings, like making him weak and draining his power, like his life force, and like making him go crazy. And then like mm-hmm. Schmeagol and Gollum are trying to like kill him and but like mm. the whole time sam's sam's like there as a good friend going with frodo um and at the end like he returns and saves him and takes the ring to to protect it from the orcs like if what the what this does is like set up sam for like the next adventure that we never get mm-hmm. so yeah in I, I think that at least for me, so he's been my answer because I had the benefit of knowing how the movies end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing his journey, especially with through that lens of, oh, he's really actually the true hero of this, 
you start to see those little things like in the first movie where he goes, this is the farthest I've ever been from home. Or like realizing that he finally gets to visit the elves after wanting to for so long and he just wanting to get out of there. Like watching that progression, even though, you know, the movie tends to frame Elijah Wood as like the big hero of it, watching him go through that journey is so incredible to watch. Uh, but Ryan, do you have differing opinions? Tell me all about it. Who do you think the hero of the movies are? It's not a particular person. Okay. It's something it, that two of the characters engage in that I feel like is the real hero. Is it the smoking so, in the beginning? No. It's the <laughs> essence. It's the essence of the body count of the body count game between the dwarf and the elf <laughs> that wins this that basically makes sure that everything happens correctly. Because if they weren't competing for, you know, like how many bodies they can drop throughout, mm-hmm. you know, like pretty much the entire series. I feel like that that competitive edge to make sure that they were doing what they needed to do wouldn't be there. Yeah. Now for my serious answer, yes. It's I was like... That's pretty much a, like... I, was... I feel like anyone that's ever seen the series, it's mm-hmm. Sam is the one that, may, that, that, that pretty much is there to, like, guide Frodo to what he needs to do. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, here, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm serious, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm on the journey. You've got Vince Lombardi, mm-hmm. who is pretty much seen as like the best, the best, f- 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 uh, the best American football coach ever to like to be to live, pretty much, mm-hmm. and and be a coach for a team. That era of Green Bay is just like thick of trophies and championships mm-hmm. because of Vince Lombardi, okay. Yes, there's a lot of Packers in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of Packers that were on those teams that are great players. But the championship trophy is named Vince Lombardi. It's not named the Green. It's not named the. It's not named the Green Bay trophy. Right. It's called the Vince Lombardi trophy. If take take Sam in relation to what I just said, the the ring or the trophy would be the Sam Wise trophy. Yeah. Because he was there to pretty much push Frodo to what he to what he needed to do. He was that bulldozer behind Frodo, going, "No, go, go! I don't care if you're tired, go." <laughs> That's yeah, it's totally fair. So, doing my research for this movie, I found out there was one particular part of it that Peter Jackson did not did not want to do, but he kept in for the purists. Do you guys okay. have an idea of what part that was? Is no it, idea. Is it Gollum's origin story? It wasn't. Uh, it was the ghosts. He didn't okay. want to do okay. the ghosts. And Alan, you brought it up. I want to talk about the okay. ghosts. Okay. So for the longest time, I have wondered how does Peter Jackson get the Lord of the Rings? I want to make sure I get the name of the movie right. When the last thing he directed before this was the Michael J. Fox movie. I think it's the Frighteners. Yeah, The Frighteners. I don't know this. The Frighteners is a 1996 movie uh, where a man can communicate with the dead and uses that ability to con people. Oh. Uh, If you ever seen the clip of Michael J. Fox in the 90s, like yelling into the distance and like saying Doc Mm. by accident and then cracking up like Doc, like this isn't Back to the Future. That's what (laughs) this movie's from. The only thing when I saw those ghosts, like that's how Peter Jackson got this job 
because the ghosts are very similar to the ones in that. Are they green and like kind of translucent? They're translucent. Uh, it looks like they're blue in the trailer that's playing right now. Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that solved a puzzle of how did Peter Jackson get Lord of the Rings as a gig? <laughs> I truly hope. You know what? I've seen this trailer. Okay, or not this trailer, but that poster with the face coming out of the wall. I know. I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, but Ryan, thoughts on ghosts? How did you, especially since you're, you seem kind of like largely like over fantasy. That part <laughs> in particular seems very, very, very fantasy, and very much like okay, we're gonna take ghosts to go fight this battle. No, see, to me, not really, because I've seen a lot of weird movies where stuff like this happens, like ghosts of, like you know, ghosts of Mars. Fair, okay, <laughs> okay, like you know, like. I've seen other movies where they do this kind of thing. So that really wasn't the fantasy part. Like where I'm not in like take like Renaissance, medieval times, the dark ages, mix them together, throw in some, you know, like, you know, change up geography, throw in some dragons. That's when you start to lose me. Like that's when I'm just like, okay, no, this is not my thing. That's why I've never really been a big fan of uh, of of Game of Thrones. It's why it's mm-hmm. why I never started it. It's the whole aura feel of the show that it yeah. just it doesn't interest me from the start. Mm-hmm. I did I um I I developed this over the course of time. I mm-hmm. was crazy about these movies when they first came out. I wanted to, I wanted to get into fantasy stuff mm-hmm. after this movie came out, and then when I searched out other stuff that was fantasy, that's when I quickly realized that it wasn't my thing. <laughs> Fair. So, Fair. so it's more of like the like the witch king flying on his serpent dragon thing that gets beheaded in two sword chops. Like that's the type of fantasy stuff I just cannot. I cannot actually. The only animal thing I liked in this was the mm-hmm. giant elephants. Those were very cool. The Timothy, very, very the cool. Timothy elephants, elephants <laughs> or whatever. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I liked Alan's better. Yeah. By the way, one of the corpses of it was an actual practical effect, and at the time, it was the largest prop ever made. I have dozens of those little facts. <laughs> Just gonna pepper them in. Uh, yeah. But the ghost didn't bother you as much, Ryan. No, I mean. The ghosts didn't bother me that much. I mean, even wizards don't really bother me that much. I mean, okay. they really don't. It's just like Sorcerer's Apprentice. I love that movie. I, you know what? We got to watch it for the show because it's, it's. Have you not seen you've, it? You've, you've you've never seen it? No, we ha- I have. I think we've all have, haven't we? Yeah. That's yeah. really a shame. That's really a shame. I mean, so uh, we'll just have to, yeah. if only we knew somebody who had a Nicolas Cage podcast that we could. We could all do it for Yeah. Uh, We'll have to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. 
Uh, yeah. So then the last thing I wanted to bring up about the movie, and then Alan, I want to talk about some of the awards and stuff that you've been doing your research on, are is the end. So I remember seeing this in theaters. I remember, you know, a lot of people that I knew seeing it in theaters and the conversation I kept hearing over and over again was, holy cow, this movie did not end. This movie has like five endings and it could have stopped <laughs> at any given one of them and it just keeps going. I strongly disagree the, oh, especially no. especially the one where they're on top of Ministereth and the hobbits bow and then Aragorn goes, my friends, you bow to no one. And then they all bow and I cry every time. I haven't seen this movie at all and didn't cry at that part. Uh, did you guys think that, that there were too many endings? What was your take on it? I want all the thoughts. I, I don't know if it's too many, but there you could end it at any one of those and it'd be a satisfier satisfying ending you could end okay. it there where everyone kneels and that's a good ending you could end it when the hobbits are back in the shire just dr- going back to life and drinking beer that's a good ending you could end it with frodo finishing the book and that's the good ending like all of them work as an ending it's just like mm-hmm. ah, no, no no not yet not yet <laughs> yeah I mean, by this point Kristen, Kristen had come home from work Mm-hmm. And it was right after the screen fades, after the whole like you don't bow to no one thing, and I, I'm, I'm I'm it's really cheesy. I'm sorry. Like oh, that. Uh, that oh. Look, no, yeah, it, it it's a good scene. Mm-hmm. It deserved it. They deserved it. I feel good for the characters, but mm-hmm. oh my god, the cheese was coming out of my speakers like Swiss. Like that was <laughs> ridiculous. There are some cheesy lines in this. I'll give you that. And. So, like, Kristen came home, I paused the movie, and as she walked over to me, I said, oh, this movie has so many endings. <laughs> <laughs> and then her and I stopped, and we talked about, you know, like, her day at work, me mm-hmm. watching the movie, you know, different stuff I needed to get done today. And then she went off into the bedroom to, like, do her normal, like, after-work routine, and then I hit play again. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm definitely in the camp that, like... All of, like, they're all good. They are mm-hmm. all excellent. They are all good stopping points for each character that they show and then they move on from. Because after they show the four of them at the uh, at the Shire Bar, mm-hmm. you don't really see, uh, you don't see Pippin and Mary until they go at the very end to go to the boat. Yeah. So it's like, that's their ending. They're back in the Shire. They're good. And then mm-hmm. they go to Frodo f- finishing the book. He closes it. He's done. He's good. They they show, you know, them go out to, you know, take uh, the, the the Hobbit from the book, The Hobbit, uh, mm-hmm. to the boat. And then Frodo goes, and then mm-hmm. that's their official ending. And then they show Sam, and then that's his ending. Mm-hmm. That's all good. That is all excellent. Perfect for each character. Do they need to fade to black after every single one? And I think that's probably it. I think it's probably the editing decision that they've made where every time it switches scenes, it feels like an ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and it it's fades probably that. to black. Mm-hmm. It, like, if it was like, I don't know, like a pan shot or, you know, like when they redid the Star Wars movies the first time mm-hmm. and... Uh, 
and they did the thing where like instead of it just going like from one scene to another quick there was like a dissolve or a fade or yeah or like the, the picture wipes. like swiped across the screen yeah. or something if they would have done something like that i feel like you wouldn't have as many people going oh my god this had so many endings and more people would see it as oh all of these individual characters get their own endings they it's a style choice that's just for, yeah. for, like uh, thinking of it from an editing standpoint i'm trying to think of a good way to connect them all and there could be a way that you could like cut to something like a bird flying and then have it transition to the shire or something like you can get creative with it there are better ways to do it than just fading mm-hmm. to black and then coming back in uh so but yeah i get i that. mean I, yeah i get it i, I definitely do I think I, I could probably come up with a reason why they do it, but I, I understand. Going back to the film that shall not be named, I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is just as guilty of that. So it's not mm-hmm. this isn't the only film that does it. Other films do no, it. A lot of it. films do yeah. it. Yeah. I, I a think, lot of films. I think each one of the endings here is valid and each deserves its <clears throat> moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't in other films I can say that I, I can't say that about. So yeah, I I think the only ending that I didn't know that I was so di- I'd be so disappointed by this time was Gimli and Legolas's ending, because basically by the end of it they're just wearing better shirts. I don't know what happens to their characters. I I do. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I I went on to the Lord of the Rings wiki last night because I had questions. I love that you did this. Tell me all of your questions uh, and answers. First of all. Let's take a guess on what the Lord of the Rings wiki is called. Because, you know, Star Wars wiki is Wikipedia. Oh, right. What do you think they call the Lord of the Rings wiki? Is it Shirepedia? Ryan, do you want to take a guess? I I I'm I'm lost. I have a blank. I'm sorry. It's one one wiki to rule them all. Uh, good job. Um, so I don't know where this is from, <laughs> but eventually Samwise Gamgee, another Hobbit of the Shire, the dwarf Gimli, along with his great friend Legolas, made the journey journey to the Undying Lands. It is unknown how uh, they took Gimli's arrival, how the the elves took Gimli's arrival, as he would have killed someone pretty much they eventually go to where frodo and oh are that's cool uh that's that's cool they went to go see their friend yeah no they get to go live with them so explain the undying explain the undying lands to me again Devin. so the undying lands are essentially it's they're just west it's another continent off to the west it's much like what's west of westeros yeah, or like it's it's if I were to to go west from where I'm at right now across the sea, it is a really long passage, and the only people that they let take that passage are immortals, which is why the elves go over there, and they also allow ring bearers to go over there, which I guess technically Gimli and, and Legolas kind of apply to. Legolas is more immortal, so that makes sense, but Gimli, I guess, kind of applies. He's a hero. But they only let a few people go over there. And the reason that they're so restrictive is because it is untouched by evil, that land. Uh, Only Middle-earth has the evil in it. That's where all the good and the bad and the ugly can happen. But in the Undying Lands, it's nothing but immortals just living their lives being great. Okay. So so I have have questions now. I have answers. So 
everyone leaves at the end of this film for the undying lands where there is no mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. The film makes it th- seem like they are leaving Middle Earth because there is no more evil now. Like they, the Middle Earth doesn't need the rings anymore, so they're going. Mm. To, they're, they're they can step away from Middle Earth and go to the Undying Lands. Is that correct? So the way that I've always interpreted it, especially like with Bilbo, so Bilbo's kind of going over there because you know he's he's close to death, and that's the thing that he should see before he dies. The reason that I think that Frodo leaves is because he has this essentially hole in his life where it's like, okay, I've done the thing, I've been on the adventure. I can't just, it's essentially PTSD. I can't just sit around and do nothing. I need to go somewhere else and do something else. I need to leave all of this behind because it's too many memories. Uh, That's how I interpreted essentially the ending of of that. Not that there wasn't any more evil, because I think in Middle-earth, evil always has the propensity to just pop up again. I mean, those orcs aren't dead. They just ran off. Okay. Sure, Sauron's dead, but evil will happen again. Yeah, Gandalf is the white wizard, but there are also other wizards that could potentially turn. There is that propensity for evil to happen again, and Frodo just doesn't have it in him to deal with any of that anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's how I took the ending, essentially. is that Was that your guys' read as well? or Close enough. Yeah. I, I just boiled it down to the elves felt bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's what I just kind of boiled it down to because, you know, like, they asked this, you know, like, because, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, from what I know about fantasy, like, like, the, the Shire, and now I forget what they're called now. The Hobbits? 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 Hobbits, thank you. Hobbits. I, for, I forgot what they were called for a second. Um, They're pretty much like innocent children throughout their entire lives Mm -hmm. like pretty much like that's hobbits they pretty much like they farm they have family they have parties like that's Mm. hobbit life you're pretty much taking the most innocent creature in middle earth and saying hey can you carry this like ring that is like the worst curse thing we've ever encountered and march it across the entire continent and throw it into a volcano oh that's in the land that's the most deepest darkest ugliest thing that we have on the planet so yeah. it's yeah the, the elves pretty much like no you're taking care of this kid for the rest of his life like you know you're 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 sending him to where there's I was, I always assumed there was nothing but good and wherever they went. Like, I I didn't know know what the lore was. I just figured it was like their version of heaven or something. Yeah, I I think I just assumed that that they were all dying, really, because they're they're essentially leaving and they made it seem very final. So it's just like, okay, they're all just going to be dead. That's That's what I thought. It was like, yeah. Like Gandalf gets on the dock before them when they get there. He's like, you shall not pass. And they all just drown. (laughs) Exactly. I, I honestly, I think young me thought like the ship just drowns halfway. Like this is just a very beautiful send off and, and they won't survive. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, eye kid. bounces off a satellite and dishes like in Batman and Robin and just exactly. Like, them. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let, let's talk about the uh, giant golden man in the room, which is the Oscars. Yeah. Um, if you guys had to guess, how many mm. Oscars do you think this was nominated for? Give me a number. Was, wasn't it nominated for like almost all of them? Give a uh, give like, a throw a guess out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say because it's I mean the thing is it's still fantasy and fantasy doesn't do well at the Oscars. Yes. They go towards more gritty things. So my guess is that like there weren't individual actor nominations. My guess is it wasn't up for best movie. 
So my guess is five. It was probably up for costume, it was probably up for sound, it was probably up for effects, and it was probably up for uh, lighting I'm, or something like that. I'm going for 12. 12? Yeah. Okay. It was available for nomination for 17 categories. Holy cow. It was mm. nominated for 11. Whoa. One off. One off. Well done. Okay, almost uh, double my guess. Here, here's the interesting thing: it won all eleven. Yeah, it has the what? largest sweep of a yeah. single film in Oscars history. So Devin, I'm you, you, you don't. Okay, so from my interpretation, from mm-hmm. us talking about this one movie, because I missed the past two weeks, I don't think you realize just how mainstream these movies were. I, I think because I got into them, they had to have been pretty mainstream because this was even at a time in my life where I'm like, I don't want to watch movies there where these fantastical things happen. Give me gritty and real. Like, I only if it's a real life thing. Give me human stories. And then I'm like, but Frodo in the ring. So, like, it had to have permeated culture a bit more than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, I always looked at this one winning what it won as a, hey, you made three good movies. Here are all of the awards. <laughs> But looking at everything at one, I don't think mm-hmm. that's the case. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, it was eligible for 17 categories, was nominated for 11. I'm assuming those six that it didn't get were the acting awards because there are no acting nominations for this film at all. Oh, okay. So I was right about that. Um, but the ones that it was nominated for were visual effects, sound mixing, original song, original score, film editing, costume design. Makeup, art direction, uh, adapted screenplay, director, and of course, best picture. So, Devin, this did win best best picture. It won best picture. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yes. So, and this is what it was up against. So let let's see how many of these movies we actually remember. Where is best picture? What, what year was this? What year was this? Two thousand and four. So it would have been two thousand and three. <laughs> these films were released. I have a funny story for you, then. Okay, good. So, okay. So, it's uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Lost in Translation. Oh. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. (laughs) Mystic River. (laughs) And Seabiscuit. Yeah, this one deserved to win. I'm going to be honest. Ryan, do you agree with that? I was so, so gung-ho for master and commander other side like i was so gung-ho for that movie when i was watching the trailers like yes this is gonna be a this is gonna be a modern classic looking sci-fi movie that's gonna be like critical i mean not critical but like partly cynical but then also pay homage to like the old 20s and 30s sci-fi oh and then i i i bought it because i didn't see it in theaters and i got 20 minutes into the movie and i i turned it off (laughs) (laughs) That's probably you, best. Yeah, no, I I just realized I think I watched this Oscars because <laughs> Did you I remember really the, were what thirteen. I remember the triplets of Belleville being nominated for stuff, and I'd never. I was like, "What the hell is a French film doing in the Oscars?" Um, <laughs> but I was also probably like, right. "Why is Lord of the Rings winning everything?" I didn't see this. Um, so yeah. Other films notable that came out that year were Finding Nemo, which it beat for score. Um, Cold Mountain. I like Cold Mountain. I haven't seen that in a long time. A Mighty Wind. 
Don't know that one at all. Uh, for costume design, it beat out The Last Samurai. Oh. Um, I remember that one. Just because they had more extras. I really feel like that's how that one worked out. And, and how, like, very... I mean, the costumes in this movie are very cool, yeah. though. Like, yeah. I, I want one of those, like... Uh, like Gondor, like the the tree kind of like armor sets. I want one of those. Of course you do. When I become a millionaire, it's what I'm. It's what I'm doing. So Not act, if when acting wise, I'll list off the, the uh, actors, and you tell me if there's anyone in this movie that you think deserved a nomination out of over any okay. of these: Sean Penn in Mystic River, Ben Kingsley in The House of Sand and Fog, Jude Law in Cold Mountain, Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Or Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean at the Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> Bill Murray. It's Bill Murray. It's always Bill Murray. So you would take Bill Murray out of this and replace him with somebody from Lord of the Rings? Is that what you're saying? He's who I would. He's who I think should win. Well, I think did, we should take Johnny Depp it. out of it. He didn't win? No. What? No. Lost in Translation is more of like a... It's almost a cult film. Devin, have you never At seen Lost point. in Translation? No. I've seen I've seen the picture of it where like Bill Murray. Brian, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. You should make us watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a reason why I have. There's a reason why I've never brought it up. There's yeah. a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it made Oscar history, um, which is interesting. That is very cool. So. Yeah. Devin, do you, do you have a theater experience with this? With this movie? Yeah. W- w- what was your theater experience? Because I have a very unique one with this one. I, because okay, I, so I saw it in theaters. Mine isn't as unique as yours, as I guarantee you. I mean, mine was just, this was the first time that I had seen a movie that, that made me tear up in the theater. Because up until that point, I've been like, rough and tumble, Devin. And it's like, real men don't cry. And then And then they get to the part where they're like, you stand for no man. And I went, ah, in the theater and literally lost it. Um, And that's, yeah, that's my, my theater experience. Probably not as interesting as yours is. So there was a movie theater that just opened that year. Okay. Uh, A little bit outside the Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. And it was this really cool theater. It was like three stories tall, even though it was only one story. So it's just a really, really tall theater. Oh, yeah. And all of the theaters were major theaters. Like, there was no small theater in, in this. Like, it was a rave. It was called Rave. When oh, I yeah, yeah. I, I remember those. I remember rave cinemas. Okay, yeah. So it was a rave cinema. And I went in, and I was with and I was with my buddies from high school. We're sitting there. It's our, it's, it's our senior year. We sit down, we watch it, and I realize the guy next to me, because I'm at the end of mm-hmm. like my group of friends I was with, is this like six foot four, two hundred and eighty pound, all muscle guy in a kilt. Oh and a black oh, shirt. Ryan. And like he was laughing and going on with his buddy. I it, it just I found the fact that he was in a kilt very interesting. Like I didn't say anything to him. I didn't, you know, just whatever. He wants to wear a kilt. That's cool. If if you can pull that off, fine, whatever. So I'm like, okay, so I'm watching the movie and it gets to that point where it's like, you don't bow for no man. And I swear, and I thought there was a lady crying behind me. And I turned to look because I was, you know, 18, seven, you know, I was like 18 years old. 
and I was nosy and I wanted to see, you know, like what what type of disaster was happening behind me. And it was the guy sitting next to me in the kilt. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I was that guy. That was me. It wasn't muscle. I was that guy. I mean, he, he, he was laughing the loudest in the theater. Like, he actually made it more enjoyable the way that he was reacting to the movie. I love people to like me that. To, to me to watch it it was just i was not expecting the shriek and the tears that i heard coming out of this guy again i'm 18 it's 2003 you have a certain mindset at you know during you know at at um at that age and particularly you know 20 plus years ago and it was it was a very interesting experience. I definitely <laughs> held in my laughter because it was Aww. something that I was, you know, like it made me uncomfortable to the point of like I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I just automatically oh, yeah. went to like wanting to laugh a little bit. And I quickly shut that down because this guy could have <laughs> thrown me across the theater. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. kinda> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. So it was it was definitely interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Did you guys? As, as a quick watch thing, did you guys prepare any special food or anything or do anything special for watching this movie? Because I did. Uh, what'd you do? Strawberries and cream, Mr. Frodo. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? I did that. I got strawberries I, and cream for this. I did not because I hadn't seen the film, so I wasn't able to, to get that reference beforehand. Um, so I, Ryan is unimpressed. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's really the only food that they mention inside the third one. So, and Lampus I mean, bread. I get it. But, but whatever Lampus bread is, I have no idea. I, Babbage, binging with Babbage, I think did that at some point. He so, did. Um, I might have, have to go to check it. that out. Check out that episode. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about Lord of the Rings because it's been in the news recently. If you guys haven't haven't heard, uh, because there's a show coming out on Thursday. Oh, right. Okay. You you forgot, didn't you? No, I didn't forget. I thought it was I thought it was bad things. I thought you were giving me bad. I mean, news. it depends on if you're Peter Jackson or not. Um, Peter Jackson's been doing interviews where he's talking about how the Amazon show like ghosted him and like didn't want his involvement at all. That's um, annoying. But the thing that I wanted to bring up was Peter Jackson contemplating uh, hypnotherapy to forget that he worked on Lord of the Rings. What? Why? Why? Um, Jackson said it was such a loss to me to not be able to see them like everyone else uh, I actually did seriously consider going to some hypnotherapy guy to hypnotize me to make me forget about the film and the work I had done over the last six or seven years so he, he wanted to forget that he worked on these films so he could view them as an audience member that's kind of cool though I like that okay Good. I'm happy. I'm. I'm happy. I'm really happy that that just wasn't an extension of him feeling like he got ghosted on making the show, and he was that upset that he was no. like, "I don't want to do this anymore." Um. So that leads me to the question: If you could forget any film that you have seen beginning to end, forget it and watch it again for the first time, what would that film be? Oh, the Fifth Element. What? Fifth Element. <laughs> What? Yeah. Tell me why. The Fifth Element. It's one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. Okay. Devin, have you seen it? I have. I have. I really like that one. Okay. Okay. Because uh, like, I put it to you this way, and I said it on the podcast that because I don't believe you were on the podcast when I had I don't think I was. watch it. No, I definitely wasn't. 
as far like when it comes to the fifth element if star wars wasn't a thing mm-hmm. and at this point in my life if star trek wasn't a thing and fifth element was like there on its own mm-hmm. i you would see like a fifth element poster huh. you would see like the taxi cab you know model where where where, where the helmet would be because mm-hmm. i want it'll never happen uh-huh. it'll never happen i i want a back piece tattoo from shoulders down all the way down i want you to have that and if i and and if i get the money if i can't get that done i'll just get a poster of this i want rick moranis dressed up in dark (laughs) helmet dressed up as dark helmet okay 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 with the mask up Mm -hmm. like leaned over so it's just a giant thing of his face with like the helmet on the top part and Mm -hmm. then it's his hands holding two models Mm-hmm. In the one hand, it's a tie interceptor, okay. and in the other one, it's the taxi cab from the Fifth Element. That's fine. And he's playing with them like his dolls. <laughs> and I want Bender from Futurama popped out of the top of the sunroof f- from, well, not the sunroof, the hole where mm. Lilo fell fell in. I want yeah. him sticking up out of there, holding the nuke bazooka from starship troopers firing it back at the tie interceptor you have put so much thought into this and i absolutely love this the only addition i've wanted this for like 15 years you don't understand how long i've been wanting to do this the only addition i would make would be like a little text bubble coming out of rick moranis that says i'm surrounded by assholes Uh (laughs) (laughs) well i for Rick Moranis's face, I just want a look of like intense focus. Okay. Looking at the toys. He's very like, he's serious like, about this. He's very serious about playing with his toys. Got like it. that's like okay. you know, so you've got Star Wars, Futurama, the Fifth Element, Spaceballs, got all oh, that yeah. in there. I haven't made any additions to it because as far as I'm concerned, it's perfect. Devin <laughs> Devin, what's your back tattoo gonna be? <laughs> oh boy no, what, what 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 film would you want to forget and watch again for the first time uh the prestige son of a bitch okay stole, i i stole nolan from me uh, was that yours i was trying to think of which nolan movie i'd want to do um, yeah because honestly all of the all of his like i could go mm-hmm. like if i could go back and rewatch them without knowing what happens that'd be cool um mm-hmm. but i think if i had to go another route Probably like a mystery thing, like maybe Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, just to, oh yeah, because I love that movie so much. Like seeing that again and get seeing the jokes for the first time and how the story plays out, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the whole Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. Like if I could just see one and two and never see forget that three existed, <laughs> that'd be fine. No one, just, no one tells you about it. Yeah. Um. So the last thing I want to talk about, or I want to bring up, I don't know if you have anything else, Devin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lord of the Rings, the power, the, the Rings of Power comes out this Thursday on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Ryan, are you going to watch this show? Uh, probably, uh, eventually, probably. Okay. Just not anytime soon, to okay. be honest. Uh, Devin, are you excited for this? Show? I'm not even going to ask if you're going to watch it. Are you excited for the show? I'm so excited for the show. And, and, let me tell you why I have a very specific and very weird answer for this. So this isn't based on anything. I heard that the showrunners don't necessarily have the rights or when they made it, didn't have the rights to the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings or the Cimmerillion, which is kind of the main bodies of work that you take things from 
from the Tolkien universe. What they did have access to was footnotes from one of his <clears throat> works, but the footnotes were 150 pages long. And those Holy were... Cow. The, Tolkien was prolific. So this show is based on 150 pages of footnotes that the showrunners were allowed to, allowed to get access to. And they essentially said, okay, there are four ages mainly that are focused on in kind of the Hobbit, in the Lord of the Rings, and in the Cimmerillion. We have this very specific time period in Era 2 where not much is known about what happens, but we know how it starts and we know how it ends. We can basically write our own story with these rough outlines and footnotes as our guide. So this is the first almost entirely original thing written in the Tolkien universe about as original as you can get without, you know, here's a carbon copy of Lord of the Rings, here's a carbon copy of The Hobbit. So I think it's really interesting the freedom that they're allowed to have with it. I think it sucks about Peter Jackson, but I'm curious where they take it. Yeah. Uh, there is I j The one thing I do know about Tolkien is there is so much that, is unpublished that mm -hmm. is either notes or the Cimmerillion or just like story ideas that he started and then never finished. Like he started a story uh, uh, that takes place after Lord of the Rings as a sequel a hundred years mm -hmm. later about Aragon's son. Uh, and it's like a 14 page draft and he didn't finish it. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm more excited for this than I and after watching two episodes of Game of Thrones' his new show, so... Oh, it makes me so mad, that yeah. whole show. Uh, and you are the first two I have heard that have, like, said anything negative about it. Do people love it, Ryan? Every, uh, as far as... From what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. everyone's like, Oh my god, it's got the best viewings, and oh, I, I can't wait to see where this is going, and all, and all, of, and all of this other stuff Be about it. Because HBO Max doesn't need good press right now. <laughs> I, I, i've seen those too it, like the fact that it, it i saw a video the day after that show came out where somebody was outside an apartment building and you could see all the tvs were synced up watching house of the dragon and i say like, okay yeah it's gonna people are curious because everyone did like game of thrones but i don't i don't forget how game of thrones ended and how i felt afterwards and i haven't seen anything <laughs> in this show yet to make me be like, okay, yeah, I'm in. Like, there's nothing that's grabbed my attention that should have happened by now. I'll, I'll I feel like Game of Thrones. Part. I feel like Game of Thrones jumped its own shark. Like, it did all of the shocking things in its original run that they can't really do much that shocks you. And you're like, going, yeah, that's just what the series does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty there much it, it. There it was. <laughs> I'm. There it is. That that that's chaos theory. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I am, I am as interested in this new Game of Thrones show as I was the last one when it came out. But so. the last one, okay. <laughs> I told Devin this last week, but I'll tell you this: like the the first show, the first episode ends with incest and then throwing a kid out the window. That doesn't happen in this show. No. So. I think we have Ryan hooked. I think I see the no. Okay, so here, no, that's just, that, like, we don't have to keep talking about this. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just, up. yeah, I, I'm, I just, it, it's good enough. I, I definitely understand that sentiment. Yeah. Okay, Devin, that's all I got. Okay, last thing I will say is I did 
I didn't. I watched some clips of the animated Lord of the Rings film. I'm so happy you did. I'm intrigued. If I can find the whole thing, I will watch it. But I did watch some of the comparison stuff. I found like a comparison between the two films. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about the rotoscoping animation, but I, I'm willing to give that a shot just to see how they combined it into one story. Oh, but those, the, the, the animated clips I've seen terrify me. Oh, there. I mean, it's it's Steve Bakshi. I mean, this is what he does: is he does some very light rotoscoping on things. The movies that he had done before this were essentially the same thing with the anti-drug messages. And then for some reason, he had Lord of the Rings and did those, or did that one movie. It's very strange how they combine it and condense it into a single movie. And what I love the most are the songs that they add to it. Uh, Wait, there are songs added to it. Oh, there are songs. the The opening song is. Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring of Doom. And that's the opening song to all of it. So, oh boy, it's a trip and a half. Oh, man. It's okay. good times. I no. it's good times. All right. No. So <laughs> next week, uh, we tease it at the beginning of the show. Um, it's Ryan's pick. I know what Ryan's pick is. Ryan, I'm going to throw this to you before I suggest, like, make the suggestion for all three of us. Are you, do you want to make it a triple feature? Uh, and have us I each guess. pick one of them. Because we huh? have, we haven't have, have us each pick a film, and yeah, let's do it. Are you okay with that? I don't want to hijack your pick. Okay, I mean, if, yeah, sure, <laughs> we can do that. I don't, I don't know. If you don't want to, we don't have to. It is your week. I I just had the idea for it because because of what next week is. I wasn't sure if you wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, I got back from Florida. Mm-hmm. You guys were teasing me about doing, like, a Disney film yes. for, you know, like, my pick, you know, coming back. And since the resort I was at was themed in New Orleans, I know that Devin, even though he's such the Disney freak, has never seen The Princess and the Frog, which is, I believe, one of the last, like, hand hand animated movies that Disney made. Mm-hmm. So, that was that was going to be my original idea yeah. for it. Well, um, what I'm suggesting is a Disney triple feature where we each pick a Disney okay. film. Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Devin, you sound like you have one right off the top of your head. The Rocketeer. The Rocket. Hold. I've seen that one. I know I you have, have, but Alan I have hasn't. not. Oh, you, man. You, you have, of old people? I have not. No. Um, oh, now I have to come up with one. Um, I haven't seen the new Chippendale movie. Oh, that's tempting. Um, Ryan, have you seen Chippendale? No. It was gonna. I was gonna say Lightyear before you said that, but Chippendale Rescue Rangers will be my pick. Perfect. So yeah, join us next week for a Disney triple feature where we'll be talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Princess and the Frog, and the Rocketeer. That's a good matchup. I it love is. it. And also tune in next Thursday because I think Devin and I are probably going to be talking about the uh, Disney Plus Day stuff that comes yeah. out. So we'll be doing a review of that. In the meantime, if you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, hit that like or follow or subscribe button wherever you're watching. You can also listen to You Have to Watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, you can visit our website, you have the uh, Rum Runners Podcast Network. 
facebook.com for our to visit our show and all the other rum renters podcast network podcasts until next time for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan and i'm ryan and i'm devin for frodo we will